Welcome to another edition of Full Circle, our Aventus podcast. Now, this is part two of the discussion focusing on the new CMS requirements for our SNF facilities to uh, properly document diagnosis of schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder. With me this morning is Monica Larigi, our Director of Pharmacy, and uh, in a moment, Monica is going to remind us about the rationale behind trying to reduce the use of antipsychotics in this population. But as a reminder, CMS released new requirements for our facilities this year that require them to have good documentation of the diagnosis, including the symptoms and history of the diagnosis for, for patients who are diagnosed with schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder. Those diagnoses, along with Huntington's and Tourette's, are the diagnoses that keep patients who are on antipsychotics from counting against the requirement of a facility to maintain a low level of antipsychotics. But uh, let's back up and remind ourselves why this uh, over two decade old initiative to reduce antipsychotic use in our population uh, is there to begin with. Uh, Monica, could you remind us what the consequences are of antipsychotic use in geriatrics? Hi. Well, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, the biggest thing is um, CMS put this in place when the data came back that showed that antipsychotics and this is all antipsychotics, increased the mortality rate in our population by two to three times those on non-antipsychotics. You know, this is a, a conversation that many of us have had, uh, and we know the risk with falls. We know that the risk of falls are two times higher in patients who are on an antipsychotic than those that are not. Uh, and part of that is because of their their rigidity movements, but part of it is also because their reaction time is slow. And so they can't put out their hands and stop themselves. So they're at risk for falls with major fractures. So this is different than just lying themselves down on the floor, right? So these falls with major fractures also increase their mortality rate. Another big thing that increases the mortality rate is the risk of pneumonia. Patients on an antipsychotic have a three times higher risk of pneumonia than those who are not on an antipsychotic. And this is believed to be because the antipsychotics are drying. So because we dry them out, we remove that mucus that is their first line of defense against pneumonia and bacterial infections. So they, uh, we dry them out and then we, we sedate them and we lie them down. So they have a three times higher risk of pneumonia. And this is really significant in our dementia population, right? Where they're all contained, but they don't cover their coughs very well. So this can be a, a serious detriment to our dementia population who aren't even on antipsychotics because they can just be at risk for pneumonia from the others. And then the third major thing is the clotting risk um, strokes. So there are two and a half times higher risk of having a stroke or a major clotting disorder when they're on an antipsychotic. Uh, this is because the blood begins to pool. That rigidity that happens in your muscles also happens in your blood vessels. It slows your heart rate. So you have more blood pooling when you're on an antipsychotic, which puts you at a higher risk for your strokes and your clots. So the two to three time higher risk of mortality when on an antipsychotic is finally what made CMS say, hey, we really need to make sure we wrap our arms around this and protect our patients. It's really interesting to hear some of the underlying factors that uh, that feed that 
increase all-cause mortality. It sounds like we really do understand enough about how these medications work to uh, to have some explanation for why we would see increased mortality in this population. That's really that's really helpful. I think that that also tells us why, if these things are true, there was it was important to reduce antipsychotic use, and yet there is still. Uh, a problem with overuse of antipsychotics in some communities. Why might clinicians choose to use psych antipsychotics in uh, demented patients, uh, whether whether it's for appropriate reasons or inappropriate reasons? What are the effects they're generally looking for, or what are facilities hoping for when uh, antipsychotics are used in folks with advanced dementia? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I think it, there's two parts, um, and one of them is appropriate use. And then inappropriate use of antipsychotics, you know, and, and the desired effects can be both. Um, one of the issues that I see that is inappropriate is wandering. Um, you know, patients are getting into things, they're they're moving into rooms they're not supposed to. And so they're utilizing the, the facilities and sometimes the families even are requesting an antipsychotic because uh, it agitates the others around them. This is not appropriate. Uh, the only way that you're going to get a decreased wandering from an antipsychotic is through the sedation property. That's a chemical restraint. Um, and we don't chemically restrain our, our patients. They don't deserve that. Um, remember that two to three times increased risk of mortality, as I like to say, patients don't deserve to die just because they're wandering. That's one thing that they're kind of looking for is to decrease a behavior. And there's really not a lot of evidence that shows that this decreases behavior. The one thing that CMS has outlined that is appropriate is um, understanding that the world is not black and white. There are shades of gray everywhere. And antipsychotics fall into that. If the patient is a danger to themselves or others, if um, their paranoia is to the point where they think their you know, roommate is a CIA agent trying to kill them, you know, this this is obviously dangerous. And at that point in time, you can use antipsychotics. Um, the important thing to remember is we must exhaust our non-drug options before we reach for an antipsychotic. We must ensure that the patient is a danger to themselves or others. And in the dementia population, understanding that the need for GDRs, for gradual dose reductions, is because we know that the symptoms of dementia wax and wane over time. And that's why we need to understand that while that drug might have been appropriate at that time, if the patient's disease state has moved them past that, we need to then, for their own safety, reduce these medications um, and get them off the medications um, as soon as possible. Wow. So you make two really important points there. One, I think, is why the requirement for facilities is not that antipsychotic use in patients who do not have Tourette's, Huntington's, or schizophrenia is not zero, but there may be rare cases where these medications are helpful when we've exhausted other options and there are safety issues. And second, that because their disease state progresses and the source of the behaviors and distress that we might choose these medications to address may themselves change. My impression is that much of the delusional thinking that we see in our advanced dementia patients has to do with the intermittent ability to make sense of the world around them. And we're storytelling machines and it gets hard to function when you can't identify the people around you or understand where you are or why things happen. And we can get disorganized behavior. But as you said, 
as folks' conditions change, it may well be that they no longer are asking the same troubling questions of themselves that give rise to the behaviors we're trying to control. Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. And, you know, one of the things to remember is that these negative behaviors that we're looking to or the positive behaviors that we're looking to affect are only going to be moderately affected. So when you write for an antipsychotic because you feel like this patient is a danger to themselves or others, what specifically are you looking to treat or to modify and you need to be specific and you need to be realistic when you write for this what exactly are you looking for and one thing i encourage people to look at is the idea the false narrative of a failed gdr because these patients are going to have good and bad days whether on an antipsychotic or not we know that so a single behavior that happens after we've done a dose reduction is not necessarily a failed gdr um, we don't do anything based off of a single incident. You know, we, we never have and we never should. And that goes for GDRs as well. I, I encourage people to look at that because those behaviors will come and go over time. But is the drug really effective um, or is it just the natural disease progression? It's something that we need to clinically reevaluate. And that's really hard to get the staff and the families to understand as well. Excellent point. It certainly shines a light on how critical effective communication with our facility partners and our patients' families can be. And also, you point out how important it is to understand uh, the rationale uh, one might use to choose a particular agent and uh, the discussion that uh, prompted this podcast was part of a Wednesday clinical seminar in which Dr. Rizzullo uh, gave us a really tidy rationale for distinguishing between different antipsychotics and why each has the effects it does. So I would encourage listeners to uh, take a look at that if they missed that. Uh, the show notes will include a link. So Monica, I really appreciate you joining me to uh, discuss this really critical topic. As usual, you really make it easy to understand the stakes in these critical decisions. So thank you very much. Thanks for the time. All right, everybody, join us next week for another edition of Full Circle from Aventus Whole Health.